You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, April 13th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or more recently, Off the Bench Baseball, or maybe my more pop culture entertainment side of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, and many more, and hopefully many more to come. Of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only, 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 if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very old best to answer them and maybe even answer them right here on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Be sure to do that. And for today's episode, guys, we are recapping yesterday's game against uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the first in a four-game set. Very cool. Going to be recapping and sharing my thoughts. A very nice uh, victory for the Padres. And then for the rest of the podcast, we're going to be talking with DC Lumberg of Locked On Mariners, doing a little crossover there, and it's a lot of fun. And I wanted to share it while it is a tiny bit old. I kept it in my back pocket. I just thought that it was a really fun chat, and it's really well edited because DC's awesome and very good at uh, creating his podcast. So, so yeah, how about that for a show, guys? Let's get into it. Yesterday, the Padres beat the Pittsburgh Pirates in the first game by a score of 6-2. to two. Let's start off, as always, with the pitching. It was Mr. Yu Darvish. How you like that, baby? Yu Darvish having, I'd say, probably his best start of the year. He goes seven innings, uh, only allowing one run on three hits with one walk and six strikeouts. Very fine line, if I do say so myself, guys. And he looked good. What can I say? I mean, this is a guy who can throw that two-seamer, four-seamer, eight-seamer, quadruple-seamer, cutter, forkball, extraordinaire. I mean, he has so many different pitches that you just never know what he's going to throw. And it's really – I love watching the guy pitch. I genuinely do. He's. I would say that just in the early going. Obviously, with the Musgrove no-hitter. Go check out that episode, by the way. I posted it on Saturday. Uh, really fun uh, episode. where including my live reaction to the final out where I turned into, apparently, the Joker. Go listen to that. Aside from Musgrove and his uh, you know no-hitter, uh, Darvish has been my favorite pitcher to watch. And I've watched a lot of general baseball, too. And honestly, over the course of the past few years, even watching all baseball pitchers pitch, he still is one of my favorite. It's easy to root for the guy. It's always so fun seeing his little reactions and stuff. And also just in general, because he has that amazing repertoire of pitches, he has those moments where, yeah, he's gonna he can give up the long ball. He can have some starts where he gives up like eight or nine hits or whatever, and some people get to him. But, man, he just throws some pitches that you're like, how the heck did he just throw 96 miles per hour on the, on the top right corner or whatever, and then he just threw this this cutter that sank in and just completely made the bat, batter look like a fool, and it was in the dirt practically. Like the the ability to go back and forth with all his pitches and is incredible, and that he calls one of his pitches the supreme. So really, Darvish is great here. It was annoying seeing him bat yet again. I can't stand it, guys. 
I know. Look, the Rangers series, if there's one thing I enjoyed about that, was not having to watch our pitchers bat. And now that we're back in the NL, obviously that is not the case. And, oh, my God. It's just it's just so stupid. You know what I mean? It's just so stupid. It really is. It really is. Um, let's also talk about the pitching in terms of the Pirates because Trevor Cahill got the start for the Pirates, and he actually had a pretty good game too. He goes five innings, only giving up one run on three hits, two walks, and eight strikeouts uh, over across. That's 82 pitches for that. He had a really bad start um, last time out uh, against the Reds. He just completely imploded against the Reds of all team, which was not a great look, giving up nine hits and seven runs. He was very bad in his first kind of start for the Pirates this year, but I actually thought he looked okay. Um, you know, he didn't give up any like crazy amount of hits, kind of the Padres eventually got him a little bit, ended up getting those two runs, but you know, he looked okay. Um, nothing overly impressive. I think that the line there is a little bit more impressive than he looked a little bit poor hitting on the Padres part. Uh, Tommy Pham had a bad strikeout when he was first up. Uh, there was some double plays. It wasn't, um, it wasn't great, uh, for the Padres in this game in terms of the offense against Cahill. In terms of the rest of the pitching, though, uh, Luis Oviedo, who gets the loss in this game for the Pirates, he only goes one and two-thirds, but he gives up five runs on five hits and walking two. He doesn't strike out a single batter, so that was the guy that the Pirates eventually beat up. And now we're getting into it, ladies and gentlemen. It's the name of today's episode, Will My the Baseball Guy. Will, 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 Will My the Baseball Guy. <laughs> I'm going to do that from now on every single time. I would be insufferable as hell every time Will Myers has a great game like he did last night going three for five with a uh, two singles coming in this game. Uh, top of the first inning, singling to left center, bringing in Jake Cronworth. Uh, and then in the top of the seventh inning, he singled to center, driving in Jerks and Profar and Manny Machado right up the middle. It was a very nice hit. And also, most importantly, a home run to deep center. He crushed the ball, scoring Manny Machado, two-run home run. Will Myers was the MVP of this game. Love to see it. Five RBIs in total, like I said, three for five. Awesome stuff. I almost wanted him to get another one at the end of the game. He struck out, unfortunately, but it didn't matter. The game was already probably out of reach, especially for this kind of uh, paltry uh, Pirates offense. But he was the MVP of this game. He was absolutely, absolutely the MVP of this game. It was great to see Darvish pitch and you know perform well, but this Padres offense in the early going hasn't been bad by any stretch. Just not exactly exceptional. And actually, to recap, I might as well, just for so you guys know, they're currently 7th in batting average, 6th in on-base percentage, 11th in home runs, which is probably a little bit of the disappointing factor in where some people think that the Padres' offense hasn't been good. Slugging percentage, they're 8th, but of course, the pitching has been what's been excellent. Earned run average, 1.78. That's 1st. Batting average against second place, and then walks plus hits per inning, otherwise known as whip, they are in first. So that really summarizes the the Padres' season so far. Absolutely phenomenal pitching, and I imagine a lot of that, by the way, is tilted because of the Musgrove no-hitter. Like I said, go listen to that episode. It's really good. Um, But still, uh, Padres' pitching, as expected, has been awesome considering how many moves that they made this offseason and seemingly the big breakout for Joe Musgrove, and the offense is doing just fine. If they keep pitching like this and hitting like this, they're going to be a great team which is why I kept telling everybody after the Tatis injury, while it does drain a lot of the excitement, this is still a very deep team with a lot of good players. And also, speaking of all the other good players, Jake Cronenworth, he goes two for five here. The guy just hits. 
He's not hitting home runs. He's not slapping home runs. There was actually a fun moment on the broadcast. Mark uh, Mark Grant, he actually said, like, you know, I think uh, Kurt Owitz going to hit a home run here. I'm going to call it. And then he hit, like, on that very next pitch. I thought he got it. I thought he did. Uh, he didn't, though. But Jake Cronenworth batting 357 on the season. He just looks awesome. Profar has two walks in this game as well as two strikeouts. Not the best, but the on-base skill, we don't mind that. Uh, Tommy Pham continues to struggle a bit, uh, like I said, having that that strikeout at the beginning of the game. But he does manage to get a single at least and ends up scoring a run. He goes one for four on the game. Still expecting some stuff from him. Machado drawing a walk and getting it hit too. Look, bottom line, this is the Will Myers game. It was great to see. And remember, Tommy Pham may be struggling really hard right now, and Manny Machado might not be at like his MVP level we'd like from him. But remember... Tommy Pham, he's batting 135. That's like too low. Even if, for example, this guy isn't going to be a little bit of a bust for us and not be necessarily the star caliber outfielder that we traded for, bottom line, he's not a 135 hitter. So expect a regression to the mean at minimum. And Manny Machado, MVP type candidate. Come on, he'll be fine. I cannot wait for when he really starts tearing the ball in half. Hopefully, he saves a little bit of that uh, power outburst and MVP performance. Hopefully, he saves for Friday against the Dodgers. I'd really greatly appreciate that. But yeah, guys, nice solid win against the Pirates. They didn't even need to bring in Melanson, which was good because I wouldn't have wanted them to bring him in since they used him so much this past weekend. Uh, Keone Kella actually is the reliever they bring in. And Austin Adams did okay uh, in his own right. And yeah, that about does it for my thoughts on the game, guys. Really fun game. I love seeing Myers do well. Absolutely love seeing him do well. And now before we get into kind of the rest of the pot in my chat with DC Lundberg that I think you guys are going to enjoy for all the editing and all the, the energy and whatnot, it's not so often I talk with DC, I need to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. First and foremost, it is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver you can get everything you need delivered directly to your door in just a couple clicks man it's just as simple as that and speaking of simple it's remarkably easy to navigate their catalog and you can see all the parts available for your vehicle and whatever prices you kind of prefer and speaking of those prices prices at rockout.com reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers it doesn't make sense to spend up to twice as much for the same parts guys so go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com halt halt just one more thing guys before we get into this chat i promise you it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice little quirky fun one. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, talking with DC Lundberg now of Locked On Mariners. I talk to him about some former. Uh, uh, Padres guys like Taylor Trammell, some breakout candidates for the team, and just in general, like I keep emphasizing, it's just a fun chat. It's just a fun chat. I don't care if it's the Mariners. I really just think it's a fun chat. So without further ado, guys, here we go. Today on Locked On Padres. It's also Locked On Mariners. Woo! I am DC Lundberg, the semi-capable host of Locked on Mariners, and I am joining one of the few hosts here on Sloppin' who can make me seem like a straight-laced, no-nonsense news presenter by comparison, Javier Reyes. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing great, man. You're too kind. You're too kind. <laughs> doing great on this. Uh, we're recording on a Friday. I'm yep. vibing. Uh, a rare day off, I must say. I decided to take today because I'm going to be working for the weekend, but nothing better than to hop on a podcast with you, sir. I must say. I'm very excited about this because our teams, they have a, they have a similarity, but not a similarity most people might be aware of. Yeah, I think uh, I think I know where you're going with this, um, and I think the two teams' profiles are rather similar. Although the Padres are ahead of the Mariners, the Padres went through something of a rebuild a little while ago, which has already come to fruition. Their young prospects are already in the big leagues and doing great things. Not that I'm thinking about Fernando Tatis Jr., but I am. Um, and one person that I wanted to ask you about, or actually, uh, do you want to ask? You want to talk about the Mariners or Padres first? I'll give you the choice. We're just doing this on the fly, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> as you guys can tell. Um, honestly, I'd like to go Mariners first because Good. your team is, admittedly, the most. I don't. I don't know if you saw the Espedation. Uh, documentary on the history of the Seattle Mariners. Jason which Hernandez was just, tried to get me to watch that thing, and it all it, it just kept slipping my mind. I haven't watched it. It is it is long. It is long. It's not the longest documentary. It's, this is no OJ Made in America, but it's still <laughs> long. So I understand. Um, it's fantastic, and I really do think that the Mariners, and I, I'm saying this objectively, like one of the more bizarre, weird, fun absurd teams in all of sports so honestly whenever i t- get a chance to uh talk about the barriers i'm always game it's always a lot of fun so excellent i'm looking forward to this whole thing yeah all right well if you got any questions about uh, the mariners fire away sir so first question mm-hmm. believe it or not because i'm a believer i'm a believer i'm gonna hit you not with the i'm not no kyle lewis and oh who's the taylor Tremel who's who was formerly a prospect of the padres yeah. we'll save those questions for us instead i want to start out all right how much of a breakout potential candidate i don't even know if it's breakout but maybe comeback mm-hmm. candidate is mitch hanniger this year because Ooh. i am a believer what about you i'm also a believer he looked pretty good in spring training he was moving real well the Mariners have him hitting leadoff this year. Was uh, going to be J.P. Crawford, but he had a very bad spring. Mitch Hanniger did hit leadoff a little bit uh, before he um, <laughs> got injured and basically missed, you know, a season and a half. 2019, he went through so much he only hit 220. In his two previous seasons combined, I think he, think he hit something like 284 with uh, pretty good on base and uh, good power numbers. Hit more home runs than I thought he was going to. I think I thought he was going to be more of a gap power guy, but I think he hit 26 one season I could be wrong about that and he's finally healthy two sports hernia surgeries and um (laughs) the other problem that he had he's (laughs) back I think he's back and I do think he's a good comeback player of the year candidate I think he hit the nail on the head yeah Hanniger the one year oh I forgot what year it was again um he was really really good and it's basically just been this one of those guys that's been Really, like you said, derailed by yeah. injuries, unfortunately. Um, I think he was a borderline all-star the last time he was kind of healthy. And he was this an Mariners all-star in 2018. Team, he was. Okay, there he we was. go. And he was like literally the only good call that I had heading into that year. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Mitch Hanniger, there's, there's something about this guy. Was it predicated on the fact that I drafted him in fantasy baseball? Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Yes. We'll I'm not that. going to confirm that that was the reason I had a bias towards Mitch Hanniger, but it was definitely one of the reasons, right. I guess. Um, but it's exciting. I, I have to wonder, though, the other thing is, uh, on top of Mitch Hanniger, like... Or Maniger, as I like to call him. Yeah. <laughs> what is kind of the, I guess, 
perspective? What is the mission? What is the kind of hope for the Mariners this season? Because it's a rebuilding team, losing a lot of players. You guys had your moment, unfortunately, the Astros. Kind of unfortunately, at the same time that you guys started getting good, it feels like they really started to break out. You get Alex Bregman and and all those guys. Mm -hmm. You know, what is kind of the mission slash, I don't know, upside of the Mariners team for this 2021 season? I don't know if there is much. Well, I shouldn't say that because there is upside for this 2021 season. There's certainly a young team. There's certainly a developing team. Kyle Lewis is even a work in progress. Look at his second half numbers from last year. They were they were terrible. You know, he had such a hot start last year, and that really propelled him to Rookie of the Year. But he still needs to develop. He he will develop. I'm not saying he's going to fall off the face of the earth. He'll be fine. Evan White, I think, is going to have a better season than he did last mm-hmm. year. He couldn't possibly be worse, actually. But it's a development year, and I kind of see this team hovering around 500, probably slightly less. However... They could put it together earlier than I predict, and they could wind up with a win total in the mid-80s. I think it is possible. Unlikely, but possible. Depends mm-hmm. on the bullpen. Yeah, oh yeah, the bullpen too. Um, you guys had for the longest time Fernando Rodney, or it might have only been a year, but it felt like the longest time. Fernando Rodney, the like all-timer. It felt, yeah, <laughs> the all-time, like... I mean, don't get me wrong, the swag with the hat snapback and everything was great, Mm, but that guy just managed to be a closer for years. My dude would have a 4.5 ERA, but he'd get those like 30 saves. It was kind of remarkable, honestly, and it was befitting almost of of the Mariners' culture. It was frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine it was really frustrating. Um, And Edwin Diaz here. Ooh. Very, I make fun of him all the time about the uh, when it comes to the Mets, where I swear that guy is awesome. I don't know about the Mariners. When he was the Mariners, he was just genuinely one of the best closers in baseball. He probably um, was the best closer in baseball that one year. That and one then year, yeah. The Mariners trade him to the Mets, and I'm wondering what the hell they're doing. And then he goes out and posts <laughs> a six and a half year, right? And I'm like, yay! No, yeah, yeah. not yay that he <laughs> failed. Yay that the trade doesn't look so bad anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I want Edwin Diaz to be successful. I want to make that clear. I like Edwin Diaz. And he's really good. Like, he yeah, really he is, is good. The strikeout potential stuff is really awesome, but I have to admit... What, what I, I marvel at was it. his control. He had great mm-hmm. control his last season as a mayor to go, to go along with the power pitching. He wasn't somebody who was just going out there and throwing and blowing hitters away. He was fooling guys, and he had a good slider to go along with it. Yeah, and he was one of those guys where... I think the previous year he had like those games where he just blew up and was was really bad and then he obviously follows it up. He was one of those guys that yeah, he has those blow up type of games but he kind of returns reverts back, you know, regression to the mean, I guess you could say for him yeah. to a degree. And then he goes to the Mets and I always make fun of him because he he's like awesome when you're up by five. <laughs> when you're up by one, he was just terrible. Not with the Mariners, but with the Mets last year, like right, in the yeah. Subway Series against the Yankees. He yeah. blew this big safe. He he was on fire for like literally a month. And then they give him the closer role because I believe, I could be wrong, Seth Lugo like couldn't pitch that game. And then he gives up the game tie home runs to the Yankees, which was kind of a perfect summation of the Mets season last year. But this isn't a Mets podcast, obviously. No, it's not. You know, I mentioned, I alluded to it earlier, Taylor Chamel and also Ty France. Yes. Who a lot of people are really high on as former Padres, of course. Mm-hmm. What is kind of your feeling on both of them? Because I'm rooting for Taylor Chamel, who I think is a great personality for sure. Shouts to his interview on um, the Baseball Barbecue podcast, which was <laughs> phenomenal. I really loved their interview with him. Clearly a very fun personality, and I'm rooting for him. Although the prospect hype on him, I think, has cooled off just a little bit. What is your kind of feeling on him and Ty France heading into this 2021 uh, 
hopefully great season. <laughs> I think it's cooled off a lot, actually, and I think it's warranted because if you look at his numbers in the higher levels of the minor leagues, they're really not very good. However, he put together one of the most impressive springs that any Mariner had. He wasn't even expected to make the opening day roster. He goes out and just takes a left field job, steals that away from, well, I shouldn't say steals because Jake Fraley did not have a very good start to his spring. But even if even if Fraley would have been good, Trammell would have been the starting left fielder. He had that good of a spring. His major league debut, as we were recording this last night, I thought was very impressive, even though he went over 3. One of them was a productive out where he moved the runners along. He drew a very impressive bases-loaded walk in the 8th inning, later scored the tying run that inning, and then drew a walk in the 10th uh, inning as well, and had an outfield assist where he had to range pretty far over to the right field side of center just to get to the ball. I like what I saw from him, and it seems like he's finally put everything together, and I'm so happy about that. Ty France flies under the radar even for me sometimes, uh, which should not happen because the man can hit. Mm -hmm. He's over 300 in the abbreviated season last year. He's hit everywhere he's been in the minor leagues. He's going to be the Mariners DH this year. I think he's got a chance to be the third baseman next year because I don't think Kyle Seager is going to be back. His contract expires, and he'll be 34 next season. The, mm -hmm. the guy can hit. There's nothing. He's a pure hitter, and that's fun mm -hmm. to watch. But uh, we got to take a little bit of a pause at this time. I have a trivia question at the uh, end of uh, every first segment. Today it's a Padres team trivia question, and okay. it is this: Who is the Padres' all-time leader in home runs? Ah, uh, you know, I I know this, but then I'm forgetting it right now. That's all right. Think about Hold it. On. Think about it, and uh, we'll give you the answer following this word from Bet Online. <laughs> betonline.ag guys look I've said this for years I've said it for not years I'm lying uh, but it is definitely true it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action football has been you know really long over unfortunately edited the worst way possible with you know just a terrible Super Bowl, but the NBA, as long as uh, along with um, college basketball, with March Madness, both men's and women's, and the NHL are in full swing. And of course, you guys listen to baseball. Baseball is officially back. It's awesome. Uh, very exciting about that. But uh, Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best. I repeat, DC. The best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up so head what i mean what are you waiting for i mean i already said the beginning parts now you're already locked in aren't you so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit remember to use the promo code locked on when you do so bet online your online sportsbook experts Answer to the trivia question. First of all, thank you very much, Javi. Answer to the trivia question is admittedly somebody I've never heard of before, Javi. So I don't... Uh, if you have the answer, I'm going to be impressed. It's who's the odd Padres all-time leader in home runs. It is not a contemporary player. It's got to be... I know it's not because it's not Ken Caminetti. It's not Tony Gwynn. It's, it's some... It's not like Steve Finley. It's not Caminetti. It's not... I think Adrian Gonzalez might be close. He's very close. To he's number two. It's, he's number two. Okay. It's got to be like someone told it to me because someone asked me back before preseason last year. Oh. Uh, like, who did I think? Do I think Manny Machado will break the record? Was one of the questions that somebody asked me. And I was like, I don't know. I think he will because, because it's not a very high total. It's a, it's a Nate something. 
I think yeah. it's a Nate something. It is a Nate. Okay. Yeah, it is. I'm blanking on the name. Oh. Ah. Nate Colbert. You got it, sir. Nate Colbert with 163 home runs yes. in his six seasons as a Padre. Hit only 10 home runs in his remaining four years with other teams. Adrian Gonzalez is number two, just two behind Mr. Colbert at 161. Number three is Phil Nevin at 156. Number four, the great Dave Winfield, 154, who I saw at the airport on the way home from a Hall of Fame ceremony. Gwyn's number five, Ryan Klesko, number six, Ken Caminiti, number seven, current Padre Will Myers, number eight at 111, then Hunter Renfro and Chase Headley. Nice, nice. Hunter Renfro, what a guy. Yes. Coming up, has a member of the Padres coaching staff walked away from the team to pursue his dream of becoming an exotic dancer? No, but it sure would be an interesting story, now wouldn't it? (laughs) Transitions are phenomenal, I'm not going to lie. DC. Yes, sir. With that out of the way, yes. I have one final question. It is not as exciting a question, I admit it. It's an exciting question maybe for you, but I got to ask it. Where is the Mariners kind of farm system right now? Because I think that's the big thing with them. With a rebuilding team, mm-hmm. what is kind of uh, on the horizon for them? Because like we already talked about Taylor Trammell and, yeah. and guys like Ty France. They do have some young players, but what does it look like for the future for them? Actually, I think the farm system still looks pretty good. And I also want to take this opportunity to thank you for asking. Basically, none of these questions were asked to me, of me by the other hosts. So unique questions. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I'm sure the Lockdown Mariners listeners appreciate that as well. Because as these crossovers go, the other hosts tend to ask the exact same questions. That didn't happen this year with all five crossovers. And I am so happy. Uh, the farm system looks pretty good. I think there are three starting pitchers up and coming. One of them has never played a minor league game since he was drafted last year. One of them is expected to be in the major leagues later on this season, and that's Logan Gilbert. So I think the future on the mound looks pretty good, which is which is a good thing because I think the present on the mm-hmm. mound, specifically in the bullpen, is a giant question mark. But the one name that I think most are familiar with, and this has nothing to do with pitching, Jared Kelnick and Jared Kelnick stud. Yeah, he is a stud. It looked it was looking to me like he was going to make the major league roster along with Taylor Trammell. That was not the plan for him. They were going to start him in the minor leagues basically how however he did in spring. He looked great in spring and he's probably also going to be on the major league roster later on the season, maybe sooner rather than later. That kind of presents an interesting issue that the Mariners are going to have in the outfield. Fraley, uh, Jake Fraley, or, or Ace Fraley as I like to call him, is probably going to get sent down when Kyle Lewis returns from his knee injury. That'll leave Taylor mm-hmm. Trammell in left field, who is off to a good start. I know it's only one game as of the time of this recording, but I thought he played great. Kyle Lewis in center field, reigning rookie of the year. Still a work in progress, but man, can he play center field. And when he's on, he's on. And uh, Mitch Hanniger, the veteran presence in right field. Where's Jared Kelnick going to play if he comes up? Who who are they going to... You cannot move anybody to first base. Evan White is there. Another work in progress, but he is the Major League first baseman at this point. You know, two of them are left-handed throwers, so you can't try him at third base or anything like that. I am very interested to see what the Mariners are going to do once Jared Kelnick 
comes up to the major league level. And Jake Fraley played well last night. He may have put it all together. He's another outfield prospect. That's five viable major league outfielders that the Mariners have. There's obviously not enough room for them. I kind of went off on a tangent, but <laughs> um, it, I'm very, I'll be very interested to see what the Mariners will do if they want to replenish some of that farm system by maybe trading somebody away for a pitcher or something like that. I'm not sure who they have up and coming in terms of infielders, but they have a catcher named Cal Raleigh, who they're very high on. They love the way he handles a pitching staff, which cannot be quantified in any sort of statistics and numbers. So the catching situation for the future also looks pretty good. They also like his power potential. So the Mariners' farm system looks good on the mound, looks excellent in the outfield, infield a little questionable, and behind the plate also looking pretty good. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that because the Mariners are in, mm, I don't know if it's that great a division, but it's certainly a division where they probably aren't expected to catch up with, with the Astros and especially the Oakland A's, yeah. teams that are super deep. And even in Texas, who is truly miserable in every regard at least it seems like the Mariners you know they've got some hope and I hope they bounce back because like I said I am a fan of just the franchise history Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of their weirdness I always like weird (laughs) crap in baseball uh but you know really hoping for the Mariners to kind of at some point be good and I'm wondering if like Kyle Lewis who really like you said start off awesome yeah first half of um 2020 a little bit out of nowhere it kind of reminds me a little bit this is a extremely bad comp but it came to my mind um of like the eric thames breakout when that happens where (laughs) it was this kind of older ish guy who now eric thames came from across the across the pond i forgot where he was playing exactly and kind of came in there and had a really nice moment i'm wondering hopefully uh he doesn't necessarily go that direction but kyle lewis it feels like almost a little bit too out of nowhere i don't know if that's a good cop or not roast me whatever but it came to my mind (laughs) i don't know the only reason i'm laughing is because eric thames was is a former mariner and uh, Mm -hmm. did not have the best half season as a mariner if i recall uh kyle lewis is um i think he's 24 25 so he's one of the older prospects he lost basically a year and a half or two years of minor league time with a pretty bad leg injury. And the mm-hmm. Mariners thought that that was going to limit him to a corner outfield position, but they decided to try him in center field anyway in summer camp last year. Played a great center field, obviously played a great center field during the regular season as well. Mm-hmm. So he's still young. He's still a work in progress. Like you said, the hot start, he hit 368 in the first half and 150 in the second half, and his strikeout rate went to 43%. He's got to work yes. on that. Yeah. And I think if this season had been had it been a, a full season, I think he probably would have worked out some of those problems. It would have at least given him the chance to do so. He's not a 150 hitter, but he's also not a 368 hitter. His season average wound up being about 262, and I see him peaking probably about 275 or 280 when uh, when when things are said and done for a full season with a good gap power, maybe 25, 30 doubles and about 25 home runs. Those are excellent numbers from yeah. a center fielder who's going to give you outstanding defense. Absolutely, bad Ed. You know, I feel like we've I've asked you all the questions that I really have about the Mariners, but I still <laughs> need to reemphasize, like, it is a team I'm genuinely a fan of, and I think that baseball is, well, it's not a team that is going to make the headlines usually unless you guys sign for some reason and get, <laughs> like, nine superstar players. It's not a team that's going to make the headlines. Or unless our CEO says something really awful. Yeah, which we've 
there it is. Everybody drink uh, that we finally <laughs> kind of alluded to the Ken Mathers situation. Uh, absolutely deplorable in a lot of ways. And it happened like kind of sort of before the season. So that derailed uh, a little bit of any excitement people might have had. But yeah, still. but I also feel like they came back from it really quickly and moved on from mm-hmm. it since he is gone. If he was still there, that would be a completely different situation. Yeah, he's absolutely. gone. I'm glad he's gone. I should not have brought it up. I was not going to. I apologize for that. The less airtime that clown gets, the better, quite honestly. But that is how the Mariners made headlines in the offseason, and everyone really wishes that they hadn't. Mm -hmm. Not great to be known for that, but like you said, it is good that they were able to move past it. There are other teams in baseball right now with their own situations. We could look at Mickey Calloway and all these other guys that it hasn't quite been settled, and it's still an issue, rather. But everybody, yes, if you were wondering, if you got your bingo card ready, uh, yes, Ken (laughs) Mathers was kind of alluded to on this podcast. And zip zappity doo everybody. That does it for my chat with Mr. DC Lundberg of Locked On Mariners. I don't know why I did the accent there. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And now before I talk to you about the future of this podcast really quickly, I need to talk to you about something very important. You know, fantasy baseball, I'm really, really big into it. Shouts to my guy, Garrett Cole, getting me the quality start last night. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades, two decades, of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. It's all about the winning, baby. Just win, baby. You play to win the game. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. In terms of the future of this podcast, though, guys, tomorrow, I'm super, super excited going to be sharing my chat uh, with Hannah Kaiser of Yahoo Sports. It was really great. Like, guys, it was such a great talk. We, uh... Uh, We recorded yesterday. We had our talk, and I'm actually going to split it up into two parts. We talk about the Padres and their bandwagoning and how fun they are as a team. And I think even more excitingly, I asked her some would-you-rathers that were MLB-centric, some questions pertaining to players and all this stuff. And it's really good, guys. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Hannah's awesome. Really go check out her work. Follow her on Twitter and all that stuff. Um, Definitely very happy and honored that she gave my dumb show a a shot, I guess you could say. So, uh, yeah, and then also, uh, I might post the remainder of the chat with DC that I had. It's more Padre-centric, and I wanted to kind of mix it up and have a little Mariner stuff, but I might actually post the second half of it where he asked me some Padres questions. So I might post that just because, like I said, I love the energy that that he brings. It's a lot of fun um, always talking with that dude, even though we don't do it too much. So I might do that as well, of course, recapping these uh, Pittsburgh games. And I'm planning on doing a locker room, actually, this Thursday for the game that starts actually pretty early, 12.35 p.m. Eastern time, if you guys want to tune into that i might do it then i'm not sure because i'm actually thinking about doing one for friday because friday's game is first against the dodgers so i haven't decided yet stay tuned for tomorrow's episodes for me to give you a a more concrete uh answer on when i'll be doing my locker room guys but with that all being said that about does it for today's edition of the lockdown padres podcast guys the only pod that may be better than the pot jays themselves remember subscribe to the podcast wherever your podcast from stitcher spotify apple podcast google podcast himalaya overcast where Ever, wherever you guys get it. Also, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.